where is that thought coming from? Is it the past? Is it the present? Is it the future? The past is always about regret. And I wish this could have happened. With the future thought, it's anxiety and worry what could happen. And if we stay in the present moment and realize that this is our only point of power, then we can move forward. not have opinions. Just don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Self-love is really about self-respect and acceptance. Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacey Toth of Real Everything. I'm here each week to dive deeper into how we can find happiness and health inside and out through self-love, body positivity, and discovering new ways to be our best selves. Before we get started, a reminder, this podcast is for general educational purposes and is not intended to diagnose, advise, or treat any physical or mental illness, and we always recommend that you see a licensed health professional accordingly. I also want to just give a heads up, listeners. I have had the ick this week. My teenagers brought home all the germs, so I am living that Stevie Nicks life with my voice, and I appreciate your patience with how raggedy it might sound in your ear. And I want to introduce you to Audrey White, who runs Grief Coach Academy. I thought that this time of year would be a really good reminder for us to think about how the holidays are not only a time of joy, but are also a time of increased risk of death, which means many of us have experienced great loss associated with a time when we're asked to put on a smile and pretend, or maybe you're fighting that duality of emotions. And I thought that our guest today could lead us on a path towards acceptance and understanding our emotions, not having to push things away or push our feelings down, but instead thinking about how some of these feelings dismissive with ourselves can create trauma in the body when we don't accept our emotions in those moments. So our expert today, Audrey, is well-versed in teaching people how to overcome the loss of grief and to rebuild lives full of meaning, purpose, and joy. She is the author of Grief Coaching, Paving a Path from Pain to Peace, and CEO of Grief Coach Academy, the number one coach training program dedicated to training coaches on how to help people through grief. And Audrey's passion for healing is born from her own tragedies, which I think helps us all with a lot of empathy and compassion and understanding where others are coming from. So that makes a lot of sense that her personal experience set her apart and allow her to tap into clients' needs on a more personal um, basis and understanding grief outside of just human loss. will be our goal today. I think having lost loved ones this time of year, it's it always strikes me as a I want to be compassionate, but I also want to experience the the joy of the season. And I know that those loved ones would want me to enjoy those happy moments and time get to spend with family members that we still have. And so I'm excited, Audrey, to discuss some of that in ways that can help us all heal and have our best holidays and also respect the journey that 
others might be having or that we might, the season we might be in ourselves, all those things. So welcome to the whole view. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your journey to finding your joy after your own great loss? Yeah. Thank you so much, Stacey. It's such a pleasure to be here and to talk with you and be a part of your community and the whole view. So my journey, oh my gosh, where do you start, right? <laughs> I think when I look at my life holistically and look back at where I came from, I grew up like many people in a childhood that I thought was normal, but was actually filled with a lot of trauma. We a lot of codependent issues, sexual assault, and had, my father was an alcoholic. So we grew up with really not talking about the elephant in the room. And I never understood that. I was always the kid that wanted to talk about what's real. Like, let's talk about this. And you learn to, you're taught how to stuff that down and not talk about your feelings and not talk about what's really going on in the world. And it really colors how we look at life. And when I moved out of my family of origin, I was had been on this journey of self-discovery ever since and really healing. And life happens. I found myself in, spent six years with, in a relationship that really destroyed my sense of self, which really destroyed a big part of me. And that's where I found the Grief Coach Academy. I was, I just happened to meet the founder of Aurora Winter through one of our faith groups. And, and I knew immediately that this was the journey that I wanted to take. This, it was this knowing of like, this is the path for me to heal. And not knowing that it was going to also prepare me for what was to come. So I met Aurora in 2019. And it really helped me, the tools and the processes that we use in the Grief Coach Academy, like really looking at your thoughts, how to, what is our painful that we keep uh, ruminating with? And how do we pull that apart and how do we look at that? And this is what we teach at the Grief Coach Academy of really looking at how we look, um, what our thoughts do to us, because we have the pain of whatever situation that comes along in our life, whether it's a loss of um, a loved one, a loss of a job, a loss of our sense of self, a loss of the dreams and hopes that we had for our relationship or our future. But then we have our thoughts that keep recurring and we keep playing this over in our bodies and our bodies don't know that this isn't happening right now. So it's that re-traumatization, like you were talking about, like how our emotions and stuffing things and how we think really impacts our bodies. And what we talk about in the Grief Coach Academy and what's helped me through my own process is really looking at my thoughts and how do we question what we believe? How do we look at it and say, is there something else that could be true here? And finding another truth that feels good instead of one that we have been taught to believe, or we look at ourselves as a victim, how can we look at ourselves as a hero? I would love if we could start by maybe just establishing what the word 
grief means? Because I think for a lot of listeners, they might assume only it has to do with loss of life. But I think of grief as being much more broad than that. So how do you and those you work with define or what is the umbrella, so to speak? How does that get encompassed? Oh my gosh. I feel like grief is such a part of life as it touches everything. Any kind of loss, I, I feel, is a part of that that grief. What we just went through as a society and as a world um, through COVID, we lost our sense of uh, connection, of community, how we are in the world, how we move through the world. We had to redefine all of that. And all of that is, I believe, part of grief. It's understanding that there's a loss that was of something that was once there whether it was a physical loss or an emotional loss, a loss of, like I said, our dreams and our hopes. And there's also this sense of, and now what? Now, how do I move forward? I'm still here. I'm still in this, but it's a different reality than what I expected. So it's that transition from what we expected to what is. And and it's something that we didn't anticipate having to go through. So what I think about in terms of grief is that sense of loss. Like I said, could be a person. Like you said, it could be a job, a transition, even things that are are good in our lives. We talk about people who are um, retiring, right? And they're moving for, or moving from one job to the next. There's still that sense of loss that happens of the loss of connection with the people that we used to work with, a sense of who am I now in this position. As we move through our lives, people who are women who move from motherhood and then their children are starting to leave the nest, there's a sense of loss where what was is no longer. And how do we live and, and find our joy and find ourselves in a very fulfilling life as it is now. I think those are a lot of really good examples. And I myself was blindsided by the grief of my oldest graduating high school. And it was not sadness for him. I felt happy that I brought a human to where I wanted them to be educated, like how lucky and privileged we are and to have that and yet it was this realization of my own changing of my identity that was the grief for me it was the realization that it was the beginning of the end of how I had defined myself for decades that I was so immersed in and dedicated to being the best mother I could be well, who am I? What am I after that? And at the same time, I lost my grandmother at the holidays. And my grandmother was a true matriarch of the family. My parents divorced when I was young. And so she helped raise me. And yeah. we always made holiday things together. And my memories are very vivid of her at the holidays. And then to have lost her at the holidays... Though the pain becomes easier to tolerate over time, that grief is still there. And so for me, when I think about 
all the different ways that grief hits. The definition that I've heard that I love the best is that grief is love with no place to go, that you have this love of something. So in my case, it was, I really loved being a mother. I really loved, you know, watching my children grow and empowering them and and those sort of things. And I really loved my grandmother and the memories, the connections we made. And then when those things disappear or when they change, right, then where does that love go? And for me, that helped identify it as a positive thing. Like, okay, well, the grief, the ache that I'm feeling is actually the love that I had for that thing. And so I think that gets to a little bit of what you were talking about in terms of the mental shift around how we perceive these things. And I know there are a lot of people out there who have difficult relationships with their families who might not be speaking with their parents or their children or whatever it might be. And that is another form of grief. How do you manage some of these different types of grief, right? Like we've mentioned all a variety of things, but what do we do with these different types of grief? Do we approach it all the same or like, is it that mental shift that you talked about? I truly believe that there is a common thread that weaves through any type of grief that we're experiencing. And it comes back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of our beliefs and our thoughts. It's this, this thought that I lost this person. I lost this thing. I lost my identity in this. When we continue to think about that in terms of loss and this negative context, we start believing what our, our thoughts are telling us rather than questioning it to go, is there another way that I can look at this? And one of the things that we go through, the processes that we go through at the Grief Coach Academy that has really helped so many people, has helped myself, it's really made me be able to shift things pretty quickly in my life to go, here's this thought that I'm having. I, I didn't have enough time with my brother. Okay. That, that was for me. I lost my brother in uh, 2022 in a murder-suicide. Um, so he was pretty ripped out of our lives pretty significantly and um, unexpectedly. So that thought was always there with me. And every time it was coming up, it was this whole thing of like re-traumatizing my body and putting me back into that situation. But if we look at that, and this is just an example, and we can use one of yours if you would like, if there's something that that you have that's rummaging around in your head. I totally identify it with you talking about your child going off to college. My youngest, I cried for six months when she was applying for college. She didn't, she hadn't even left. It was the beginning of senior year. Cried for six months in preparation because I knew I could just feel it. Things were changing. And, and yet there's this whole thing of like, if, is there another way I can think about this? And it's really just changing how we, we hold on to our thoughts because they become our identity. What if we change? What if we just open ourselves to questioning how we think about things? And what is our thought that we're holding on to? Through the peace method, it's really talking about identifying that one painful thought. And it's just taking one thing at a time. It's like taking one brick off the wall. 
so that we can let a little bit of light in. And with the peace method, one of the process walk through that is where is that thought coming from? It is it the past? Is it the present? Is it the future? The past is always about regret, and I wish this could have happened. With the future thought, it's anxiety and worry. What could happen? And if we stay in the present moment and realize that this is our only point of power then we can move forward. So really allowing someone to sit with, okay, where is this coming from? Where is this? And identifying it. And then the next step with the peace method is express. So expressing all of that emotion. And this is where, when we were, you were talking about at the beginning about having it trapped in our body, we're so used to stuffing things down. We're not allowing ourselves to really feel and express our emotions. Some people, I believe, really feel like they're going to get lost and they're not going to be able to find their way back. But our body holds that. So finding a way to express yourself with a coach, with you can journal, go to outside, cry, eat a pillow, whatever you need to do. And it's surprising what comes up when you start really looking at what this thought is. What does it cost me? How do I treat myself? How do I treat other people? What, how does my body feel? Where does it live in my body? Sometimes it's something that's in your stomach or in your shoulders or your throat clenches, but where does it live? And allowing yourself to be curious about it and really identify where is it living in my body? How does it affect my life? I found that I had a lot of anger and my anger wasn't toward the person who killed my brother. It was toward my brother. Why did he stay there? This was an abusive relationship. Why did you stay? You spent years trying to help this person and, and they didn't want to help themselves. So why did you stay? So there was a lot of anger that I had to work through. And I think for women, anger can be really challenging at times because we're told it's one of these strong emotions. But anger is such a fuel that can propel us forward, that can propel us into something else. If we allow ourselves to really express it and use it in that way. So don't be afraid of what you feel, get it out, express everything. When you feel empty, the next step is really looking at it to say, can I just accept this, this thought of, I didn't have enough time with my brother. Can I just accept that? A lot of people have time enough time with the people that they live. I don't know that that there is enough time in the world with the people that we love. It's just part of being human. So I could get to a point of accepting that. The next step is the contrary. So if I look at the contrary of that, I didn't have enough time with my brother. I did have enough time with my brother. How is that true? Well, it's true because every time that we did have time together, it was filled with love and communication and this, we had so much fun together and he was such an amazing communicator and teacher and he was always teaching in everything he said and did, you know? And I look at the quality of it rather than the quantity. And that helped me shift things to go. The time that we did have was amazing and I wouldn't have changed that for the world. 
And the final step is enthusiasm. What can I be enthusiastic about? I can be enthusiastic that I have this person in my life. And, and I can be grateful for that. And so then what do I want to believe? Do I want to believe that I didn't have enough time with them or that I did have enough time with them because I, the, the time I had was good. And so it's making that shift of going, because the ego wants to hold on to what we initially thought. And it's a lot of times it's trauma. We keep trauma, re-traumatizing ourselves by this. But there's another way. What else, what else is true? What else could be true? Then what feels better? We have a choice in what we believe. We just have to allow that uh, process. And we're not taught how to do this. That we're taught like, oh, our thoughts, it's what we believe. And it's like, oh, we can make choices in this and move forward in a different way. This podcast is sponsored by Indeed, the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Even my kids used it for their first jobs. It is so easy. Talent from all ages can use it. Indeed has streamlined hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates who are three times more likely to apply to your job when invited than candidates who only see it in search, according to US Indeed data. Plus, with Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a job post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resume on Indeed match your job description and you can invite them to apply right away. Join over three and a half million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WholeView. Just go to indeed.com slash whole view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash whole view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I love the idea of flipping the opposite statement and redefining what the truth is. And I want to like call out how that is very different from toxic positivity of ignoring something and pushing it down because it really, what struck me is you talking about acceptance of what is your ego saying, right? You're not ignoring that factor. You're hearing it and then making an and statement. And I think learning the power of the word and telling myself two truths can be true has had the greatest impact on myself and my relationships with others, right? Anytime I find myself using the word but, and this is grief or not, like parenting teenagers is especially important, right? Like anytime I'm talking to anybody, it's not like a, yes, this happened, but blah, blah, blah. Yes, this happened, and here's this other thing. And so I think in this day and age where we're trying to call out what is 
right or wrong or good for our mental health or not. This idea of toxic positivity, I think, gets confused with people a lot where any positivity is a bad thing. And I think that is making things worse for a lot of people insofar as we are what we think, right? Like, and so if you are sitting in this darkness of grief, absolutely, you lost your brother in a tragic situation. That is true. And how wonderful that you had all these other close moments with him that you can think of positively and all these things. I too lost a brother. Our My husband's brother lived with us for 14 years. He was like a father to our children. And we lost him way too early to mental health. And he was self-medicating with drugs and overdosed accidentally. And that was really, really hard. It rocked our marriage. And I think my husband and I both for a really long time took a lot of guilt on with the grief. Like we should have done more. We should have done this. And that's me knowing that I was judging myself for something that I wasn't responsible for. He was a grown man, his own life, all these things. And I can appreciate the time that we had with him, the relationship that my children had with him, how wonderful it is that we had so much time with him when he was here. We have so many positive memories and so many things. Of course, I still wish he was here with us every holidays. Right. Of course, I still wish my grandmother was here with us every holidays. And if all I'm going to do is sit in that dark spot of the negativity, I'm not helping myself in any sort of way to move through that grief and to think about the love and the goodness and all of that stuff. When I'm listening to you talk about flipping that script, I think one of the things that is most powerful but also like people are hesitant or resistant to talk positively to themselves because you don't want to do toxic positivity and to push things down so like where is that line where is that area for people i agree and that i love that you brought up the power of and and it's so true especially around the season talking about the joy and the gratitude that we have around all of the holidays and I'm carrying this grief. And they both can be true. So how do we move through that? And how do we really hold both truths to be to be valid without denying it? It's so important to really feel that. And thank you so much for sharing about your your brother and uh, your brother-in-law. It is. It's that whole thing of like, of course we wish something else were different. And this is what life has offered us. So how do we move through it? And what you, how you do this for yourself and, and what you're teaching your children, how to accept and without, like you said, without denying it, without pushing it down, without that toxic positivity. And I think really it comes down to acknowledging what happened and then making a choice. And really allowing yourself to feel what you feel. And it comes up and it'll come around again and again. Because what we deal with at one level and we think we're through it, right? And it'll come around again because something will trigger 
a memory or an emotion. And here we are feeling this again. And there's this depth and beauty that comes from being able to revisit. Yes, over the holidays, I was really missing my brother and my family. And and I allowed myself that time to feel it, stepped away from everybody to just have 10 minutes to myself to, to feel and miss and cry and, and allow that. Have take, it's so important to take that time and then contain it because we do have our family here. We do want to be with them. And go, okay, I'm going to allow myself this because this is what's coming up. And now how can I shift this so that I can be, be fully present? And it really is acknowledging that. What can I be grateful for? I can't change the situation. I would if I could, but I can't. This is what life has offered. How do I move through this? How do I accept this? How do I, what can I be grateful for instead? I see this playing out a lot in our communities as well, right? When we think about like the collective trauma we all experienced of, um, as you said, the pandemic, but also of George Floyd. And then now with two wars overseas, well, there's lots of things happening in the world, but being in front of our face in terms of the atrocities that are happening, humanitarian crisis overseas. and it is impossible to see horrifying photos online, to hear stories of tragedies and to not have compassion or empathy or grief for what you're witnessing. Absolutely. And I think your description of like acknowledging that, accepting that, there are only so many things we can all do. I can't change what's happening in the world. I can certainly work on fundraisers, I can do different sort of things, but there is a limitation to what I can control, which means I need to let go of some of that grief. Like I sit with it, I acknowledge it, I see it, and I am also allowed to have a positive family experience for the holidays. If anything, it makes me more grateful for the fact that we are all safe. We are all healthy. We are all together for these holidays. And I think if we look back at the last few years and we think about how we didn't have family holidays and especially they didn't look the same over the pandemic and that there are families overseas who cannot be with loved ones, either they can't leave their country or they're not, it's not safe or like whatever it might be, that all bubbles up into grief it's not just about like an, an individual loss all of those things are grief and when I hear you talking about like going and setting aside 10 minutes and then allowing yourself like and I don't want to let the time that I'm having with this family that's here right now pass me by because I will regret that later I'm going to experience these feelings move through them and then go back to my family I guess I'm thinking of all the obnoxious things that I read online where someone is living their life in some sort of way and an influencer or whoever is criticized like, well, how could you do this when X? How could you do this when Y? And it's that 
two truths being true, right? Like yeah. it doesn't mean that, that we don't care or that we're not affected in some sort of way, but it's also not healthy, I'm assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, to be obsessed with those things and let them take over completely and not live life and find positivity in other things because that is where you're re-traumatizing yourself and you're sitting in negativity and it can be really harmful to your health. Absolutely. And there's so much, right? There's so much out there. We have the 24-hour news cycle that's always going on, right? And it seems like there's always something going on. Life is the totality of what it is, right? It's the totality of the experience. And there's extremes on both ends of tragedy and grief and also this extreme joy and fulfillment. We experience it all. There's this whole spectrum. I think the challenge for us as humans and in and being in this life is how do we hold everything and not get stuck in one place or the other? Because there is this whole thing about what we talked before about the toxic positivity and only wanting to see the good and pushing everything else away. Well, this is also going on. Like you said, it's these two truths that go on. And how do we ride that spectrum of grief and loss and trauma and acknowledging, yeah, this is the world we live in. And what is it? What is it that I can control in my little sphere of the world, in my little corner? I don't want to be continually looking at the negative because what we think is what the world is going to show us. I want to see the good in people. I want to see the good in the world. When I when after my brother was killed, four days later, I got on a plane and went to his community. And I knew going in there, like I had every reason to be angry and come in there hurt, but I knew that wasn't going to serve me and it wasn't going to serve this community, right? They were hurting just like I was. If I go in with anger, it only hurts me. My brother's already gone. I can't do anything about that. But what I can do is be of service, right? To so to go in and let go of that anger, to go, yeah, that happened. And this is this, it was a plan. It was planned. I can't change that fact. And we're all hurting. How do we move forward together? And to see the the beauty in these little moments of this community coming together and supporting me in a way that they did. And I think that's really the key. What are these little beautiful moments that we miss? If we're so focused on all this negative that's going on, how can I just be in the present moment to go, yes, this is all true. And look at who's stepping up, who is in my life. Look at just the beauty of the sunrise. Look at the miracle it is that I get to breathe another day, that I get to talk to my child, that I get to see and interact with these amazing people who are opening their lives and their hearts. That's the world I want to focus on. I'm not denying that anything else is happening, but where do I want to put my energy and focus? And I think that's really the key of living this fulfilled life and finding peace because we can't change 
everything in the world, but we can change this. So we can change our thinking. We can change what we see in the world by what we expect to see and what we want to see and how we interact ourselves. Today's podcast is brought to you by ButcherBox with a deal my kids are clucking over chicken wings for a year. Yes, I did go there. And no, I'm not sorry for the pun. We have loved using ButcherBox for years. With four teenagers and inflation, our grocery bills would have been hit hard. But with their deals, we're able to count on protein that keeps everyone satiated without constantly running to the store. It is my one-stop solution for saving time and money year-round while supporting sustainability and ethical animal treatment. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or added hormones, 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, which means health-promoting benefits like conjugated linoleic acid and healthy omega-3 fatty acids. Always ship for free, frozen, right to your door in an eco-friendly box, 100% recyclable, and they're a certified B Corp focused on quality for you, the animal, and the planet. No need to worry about finding the right things at the picked over, stressful, busy store this holiday season because you can have exactly what you need delivered right to your door at an amazing value, literally put straight onto your doorstep. It seriously feels like magic when I don't need to do a simple thing and my kids are elated when they can just make their own things and I love not having to go to the store. You could choose from a variety of box plan options, including your own custom option, which is what we do. And if it's been a while since you gave it a try, or if it's your first time, I am confident you will be impressed with so many options. And this deal is too good to pass up. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash wholeview and use code wholeview to get free chicken wings for a year. That's three pounds of free range organic chicken wings free in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com slash wholeview and use code wholeview. I love the idea of the community coming together and lifting up in a positive way. And I think it goes to your earlier point of had you come in so negative and angry, you would have perceived the situation very differently, right? And it it was a choice and it took work for you to, anger is really a secondary emotion, right? And so if we are experiencing anger, one of the things that I always do is try to figure out what the root of that is, whether it's my kids or me, my spouse or whatever. It's like, okay, what's the underlying feeling that's driving the anger? How do we reach that? And in grief, it's almost always going to be sadness, right? Yeah. Um, and so to be able to tap into the sadness instead of the anger allowed you to heal in a way you couldn't have if you hadn't been willing to let go of the anger. I think that's a a really great example. And it reminded me of a recent, I think it was a tech video. I'm an old mom, so I saw it on Instagram. So who knows how old it is. It's probably months (laughs) old on tech. But there were two sisters who were in their 20s, probably. And they were, they made a video on the one year anniversary of their mom dying. And they said, we want to tell you what's happened in the year since you passed. And they proceeded to tell stories and just cracked up laughing. And they were like, we didn't know we still had to pay your taxes. We didn't know that like, 
you know, this. We didn't know that. And it was like, and there was a warrant out for my arrest because I didn't pay the car insurance that you had in your name and that I was on. And like, they just took turns taking what could have been compounded tragedy and sadness, right? Like, they lost their mom and then this bad thing happened and then this bad thing happened. But instead, they leaned on each other and found laughter and joy and love together in the craziness of the year that followed that. And I I remember seeing that video, knowing that we were going to talk and just feeling like, wow, if only everyone could have the healthy mindset that these sisters had because they were still, they were making a video for their mom and they were like, we miss you. This is what's happened, right? Like they're acknowledging, they're not ignoring what or pretending or anything like that. Like they just looked at it in a different sort of way. And I strive to do that with stories of my brother with my kids, right? Like for a while, it was awkward in how we wanted to handle like if we were eating a dinner that was his favorite dinner, everyone would immediately get silent. He loved chicken tendies. Like, I, I don't it's just, he was a grown man who just loved chicken tendies. And every time that we would make dinner that was chicken tendies, we would tease him that he had to have enough good boy points to earn chicken tendies because we treated him like our children, even though he was a grown man. And so if he'd be like, can we have chicken tendies for dinner? We'd be like, well, have you earned enough GBPs to have chicken tennies for dinner? And so we felt the tension at the table when we would serve chicken tenders. And we knew that what everybody was feeling was like, oh, he's not here and it's weird and it's awkward. And so instead of letting the awkwardness and the weirdness sit there, we instead made jokes. My husband and my, my husband and myself to the kids like, well, one of you must have had enough GBPs because Uncle Andrew's not here, but we're still having chicken tendies, right? And so we would tell what did them, you do to earn right, it? Right, exactly. And we tell that story in a positive way. And I think it's not easy, especially when you're grieving your own grief. But it made the process of grieving so much easier to remember the positive things and to relive the joyous moments in that way instead of sitting in the he's not here to have his favorite meal instead to remember this was his favorite meal and it was so fun that this is how we approached it before can we continue this tradition in a different way yeah and i think it's important to it's okay to give ourselves permission to laugh to give ourselves permission to find the ridiculousness in this life that happens because there's and you lose someone or you lose, and then all this ridiculous shit happens. Sorry, happens. <laughs> it it really does. It it's there's so much stuff around this loss that it's like, can you believe this? And you have to laugh about it because it's a much healthier way than taking it in and, and being hurt by it or to ignore it and deny it. And so to be able to laugh about it and to acknowledge it and to move through it, it's such um, a beautiful thing when we can do that. It's that full acceptance of, yeah, this is different and this sucks. And look at what, look at the beauty that we had 
So it's a beautiful thing. I wonder for those of us who are getting together over the holidays or running into someone who has had some sort of loss. There are so many things on the internet of what to say, what not to say to someone who has experienced a loss. What is a way that we can express compassion without bulldozing emotions or we neither want to trigger someone nor do we want to ignore them, right? Like what are some things that we can say if we are getting together with someone who has experienced loss? During this time, it, it can be so triggering for people to lost someone um, or going through a big transition. Acknowledge that they came. I'm so glad you're here. You don't have to say anything more than that. And honor the people who don't choose not to come. It's okay. You don't have to shame them and say, oh, well, we're going to miss you and you should really be here. And it's, and the kicker on that one, well, it's been three months or it's been six months or it's been, who cares? Everybody grieves in a different way. And maybe they've reached their limit and that's okay. Just to say, I totally understand. I understand that you need to take care of yourself. And also when you're there with people who are, who have experienced that loss, it's okay to take care of yourself today. And we're so glad you're here. And maybe it's just a touch, squeeze of the hand or a hug to go, to just let them know that their presence is really welcome. And to say, please take care of yourself today. I know this must be hard, but we're so glad you're here. All right, friends, it is time for Beauty Counter's winter sale, and it is time to treat yourself to the gift of better beauty and safer skincare. Buy on huge sale this year and enjoy loving the skin you're in for a long time to come in 2024. Truly the gift that keeps on giving because you'll also be supporting a B Corp doing right by people on the planet, as well as my woman-owned small business. Just choose me, Stacey Toth, at checkout to get the best deal and so I can thank you. I recommend the remaining holiday sets for the best value, but if you're looking for a purpose and mission-driven focus this year, truly the best deal is to work with me. I don't often talk about this opportunity, but it is the favorite part of this job and work for me. And you'll get 25% off site-wide every day. And in December, when you enroll with a qualifying order, you simply grab products that you would genuinely use and enjoy, and you'll get a full-size Lotus Glow Cleansing Balm for free. It is award-winning and EWG verified, but it is also the Swiss Army knife of skincare, as well as the Frank's red hot sauce of skincare. Like you can put that stuff on everything. It was the only thing that helped Finn's dry skin when he was younger. And Matt still uses it on his knuckles every single winter. So I highly recommend checking it out. It is made as are all Beauty Counters products with sustainable fair trade and skin nourishing ingredients and packaging, as well as it being a luxury that makes a positive impact on our health for all of our collective communities through legislative change. We have passed 15 laws in 10 years, and this month is the one-year anniversary of the first federal update since 1938 that Beauty Counter and myself helped lobby in D.C. last year. 
We're getting safer products into the hands of everyone, giving back to people and the planet as a certified B Corp. Go to beautycounter.com slash Stacey Toth, just like any other website. And when shopping at Beauty Counter, choose me, S-T-A-C-Y-T-O-T-H, so I can thank you. I love that. I think an alternative to sorry for your loss, right? Like if you run into someone at the grocery store and you know that they've experienced a loss of some kind and they're just going about their day at the grocery store and then all of a sudden someone tells them, sorry for your loss, right? It like it's going to bring up those feelings for them that they weren't experiencing in those moments. Yet at the same time, I understand how the other person doesn't want to seem dismissive or ignoring or invalidating what they might be feeling. So when it's not just coming to your home and saying like, we're so happy you're here, which is a, a great one. What are some other things that we might say to someone like, do we look at them and say, how are you doing? Yes, I know. It's, it, it, you get tired of that. Or I think the phrase that I always just hated was, you're so strong. Tired of being strong, right? It's so good to see you. What can I do for you? Is there anything that I can do for you? It's so good to see you out. And, and just treat them as normal people like going about their business maybe they don't want to talk about anything right now just it's so good to see you out just acknowledge that they're out in the world that what are you finding just have that small conversation and sometimes it's not about words sometimes it's about just having that holding a gaze and really being present for them just for that moment like so good to see you and it's okay. I think the hard part comes when we, it's like, oh, we, we make the loss about ourselves, right? Oh, I've lost someone too. Or, oh, but your loss is so much different than mine. And this comparative stuff. We don't need to, this isn't about winning anything. If there's no awards for who's lost more, just be there. And if it's someone that you're close to, drop off some food, drop off Take care of something for them. I notice that your your lawn needs to be mowed. I'm just going to take care of that. Or the driveway needs to be shoveled. I'm going to take care of that for you today. Just little acts of kindness. That's really all we want. And it goes a long way. And then just to be there and to let them know, like, if you do want to talk, I'm always available. Uh, and let it be on their time. I love that you answered the question that I always leave listeners with, which is some sort of like positive, actionable suggestion that they can take forward. Because um, I never want people to feel overwhelmed by listening to the show and like, oh, I don't know where to start or I've done all these things wrong, right? Instead, it's how do we move forward without guilt or shame in an actionable sort of way? And one of the things that I heard you say that was really powerful for me in my seasons of grief is to not ask someone what you can do like don't put a burden on someone who's already grieving and overwhelmed but instead say i'm gonna send you a meal would you like chicken or beef 
right? Because if they really don't want the meal or if they're not home, then they'll tell you then. But don't say, what can I do for you? Or can I send you a meal? Because just, I don't know how to explain it for someone who hasn't been in those seasons, but just answering that question feels impossible in those moments. It is so heavy and hard. And so being able to recognize that someone's driveway needs to be shoveled and just doing that for them, huge. And that is more powerful than any sort of like checking on me, checking how I'm doing and seeing if I need something like that to me is so powerful. And there have been seasons where we're foster parents and things get really difficult sometimes when you're dealing with children who are going through so much grief and trauma. And a good friend like just sent dinner, right? They were like, hey, heads up. I don't want you to worry about making dinner tonight. I've taken care of it for you. And just having food arrive, like it was, I literally felt my whole body melt and relax and was just like, okay. And so one of the things that I guess I'm answering to my own question about something positive or actionable you can do to someone when they're in this season that you said is to just do something for someone. And I would caveat to not ask anything of them in that, right? Like before you reach out, pause and ask yourself, am I asking something of them or am I offering something to them? And it's easy to reword that if you can pause yourself, but it's so much more difficult for them to receive it if they're in that season of grief. Oh, absolutely. When you're deep in it, um, breathing is about all you can do. Don't, Don't ask me what I need. I can't tell you because right now I'm just trying to breathe into the next moment. And it's so amazing to have a community and people come together and just do for. And and even yourself, think about when you do something kind for someone else. It, every once in a while, it's a little harder now because, but you like pay for someone's parking. Like, oh, they're parked here. It's already run out. Let me just throw in a something, right? It's those little tiny things that we do and give to someone else that gives back to ourselves. And even when we're grieving, it's like, what is it that I can do like right now? Okay. Like maybe I can do something for someone else. Because right? I, I don't know that I can do anything to help my hurt. But is there something that I can do for someone else? Is there something that I can give? Um, and it's hard to get to that point when you're feeling so drained. But I know for myself that I'm more likely to do for others than I am for myself. And sometimes it's easier to focus on that if you're the person who's grieving to go, okay, what can I, is there some little thing that I can take action on? And for someone who is around people who have lost and people who are grieving, just those little acts are so important. So thank you. Absolutely. Well, I want to... Thank you so much for joining us today, Audrey, and remind listeners that you can find Audrey on the website griefcoachacademy.com as well as on socials under the same handle. And listeners, thank you so much for being here today and being willing to your own growth through personal change and know that no one is perfect, but in listening, learning, and unlearning, we can choose to become better versions of ourselves for ourselves. 
Audrey, is there anything else you want to mention before we say goodbye to listeners? Yeah. For your listeners, please visit my website. There's videos that you can download for free that take you through some of our processes to take you through how to hold grief in this season. And we also will, our 2024 schedule is up or will be up shortly for different trainings and events that are coming up. And we're a community that's here for you during your season of grief. And how do we move through it ourselves and how do we help others? So you're not alone. And I love that there is that community aspect for people who don't have the opportunity like you had to make that community connection or maybe you're surrounded by people who just don't get it, right? Like I certainly have people in my life who just don't get it. And having a community where you can go and get the validation, the coaching, the help to get yourself where you need, I think is a really powerful tool for people who need it. So thank you so much for your time today. And listeners, we'll be back again next week. Thank you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.